Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, a Manscaped product alert. You asked for it and they listened. Our friends at Manscaped just brought the ultra-smooth package to Europe. Everyone knows by now that the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best electric shave for your balls. But if you're looking for a closer shave or prefer to go completely bare down there, then the ultra-smooth package is the perfect set. It's time to shave that bush of yours and get right to the roots by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code SPURS20. SPURS20. Get all the latest football headlines and bite-sized opinion in the brand new Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Join Mark Smith, Martin Gritton and a conveyor belt of guests as they dissect all the biggest stories in one small, perfectly formed package. Take five to ten minutes out of your day to stay up to date with everything that matters in football. Whether it's a big result from the night before, a new excuse from Jurgen Klopp, a shocker of a VAR decision or a new chapter in the ongoing Man United soap opera, we will cover it. All the latest news every weekday lunchtime on the Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Look for the Whistleblowers wherever you get your podcasts. Hello everybody, it's Theo Delaney here saying welcome to the Spurs show. Uh, at the in these exciting times, I've got three brilliant guests with me to talk about. We've got so much to talk about. We've got two games to review. We've got a game to preview, and uh, it's it's ever so exciting. So, without further ado, I'm going to introduce our guest first. Welcome back, Jay Pushkin. How are you, Jay? I'm good, thanks, Theo. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. You can probably tell I'm very excited. I think it's exciting times, and welcome to. Kimberly Chambers. Hi, Kimberly. How are you doing? All right. Yeah, good. How are you? This is your first time on the Spurs show. No, I've been on it before. Okay. Only once, so so yeah. you've been, have you been you've been asked the question by Mike then about your first ever Spurs game? Have you? Yeah, I've done that. Yeah. Okay, just checking because he's a stickler for the rules. Yeah, no, I've done that. Be in... Yeah. Okay. And Ali Speechley's here too. Hi, Ali. Hi, Theo. Hi, everyone. How are you? We're all good now. Ali, have you been on before? I have, yeah, same as Kimberly, just once before, but I've been through the, the motions. You've been you've had the initiation ceremony. Yeah. Good. Right, good. I'm so glad we now do that thing of what was your first game, because what we used to do is flush people's heads down the toilet and uh, but now that we do it mostly on Zoom, we we you know, we changed it. Anyway, everyone, 
welcome. It is an exciting time, as I say. We've had, we've had two games since the last Spurs show, and we've emerged with uh, four points from two London derbies. We're gonna we're gonna talk about them. I think it's probably best to talk talk about them backwards as it were so we'll talk about the most recent one first the one that's freshest in our mind and that was on Saturday uh where we got uh a victory over Fulham which Conti uh declared himself happy with happy with the performance uh I went up there I'm actually on holiday on the Suffolk coast but I drove there and back on the day because I felt uh, the situation I demanded it you know I think we're going well I mean you're not gonna you don't want to miss out do you Jay were you there I was I was indeed and what did and, you make of it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought we were we were really fun to watch. But it was a typical Spurs game, wasn't it? Because we had all the control, nearly scored about five, six goals, and then hanging on at the end there. So, um, yeah, it was a typical Spurs performance. Um, really enjoyable, though. I thought we played some excellent football. Um, got the ball on the deck, passed it around. Um, good to see Sonny playing really well. Richarlison, fantastic Um first ball game that he's played and I thought Clement Longley was just Davis with an extra number so 33 to 34 he looked exactly the same but very technically sound um really exciting signing so no I thought it was a really good game I enjoyed it yeah I like I like Clement Longley I every time I hear his name he sounds like a sort of aristocrat an old English ar- aristocrat or a rather caddish character played by Terry Thomas I think I may have said that before but every time when you said it there it just I almost burst out laughing but seriously he looks like a very good footballer and, and he makes perfect sense in, in, as to why we got him because you need some you need another accomplished left-sided uh, player for that back three. Uh, Ali, what was your what was your take out from it? Were you were you sort of hanging on at the end rather grimly and hopefully? Yeah, so I'm one of those old school fans that has to unfortunately listen to most games on the radio uh, mm-hmm. because I rarely get to watch them. Um, so it's always quite painful to be honest listening yeah. to football on the radio. Um, so I was definitely hanging on, but I'm glad we got the win. And uh, I felt for Richarlison, obviously. Oh yeah. <laughs> he thought he had his. He thought he had his goal, and he did his celebration, and then got a yellow card for his troubles. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I've actually really enjoyed his what he's brought to the team as well. So it's like a, a breath of fresh air with him. Yeah, for many people, he was man of the match. And I felt hit for, sorry for him and Son, who both really deserved a goal. I mean, it's a funny thing to say they deserve a goal. The bloke next to me said, but shouldn't they take that yellow card away? Because he was celebrating a goal. They've taken the goal away. should take the yellow card away. I don't know. Kimberly. For, for me, I felt like Spurs were on the front foot for the whole game. And that recently there's been a lot of moaning about how we haven't, you know, we've been a bit passive and a bit defensive. Did you, did, were you pleased to see that change of emphasis? Yeah, I thought we were really good at the weekend. It was for me, it was our best performance of the season so far. Um, that on a different day, there would have been a hatful of goals. I mean, mm. I do think like soon someone's going to get a bit of a spanking on us. Um, Clement Longley, I, I was very impressed with as well. I think he sounds like something off a of downtown Abbey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You just need someone needs to get him knighted. Then that would complete. It should be Sir Clement Longley, really. Yeah. That, that oh, seems- yeah. It seems but, some... um, Richarlison, what a difference as well, though. I mean, he t- to have that rotation now, and I just thought like he was just so good off the ball as well. His work rate was phenomenal, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, as as you know, it was a shame he didn't get his goal. But I did see on telly they said they the commentator said that will have to be rescinded now. Oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah. okay, so, if, so, so before VAR, if it's offside, the 
line or assistant referee puts up their flag, game's dead. Yeah. So he wouldn't he wouldn't be he off. He wouldn't have done it. There's no way he'd have so done the, it. Yeah. The game Absolutely. Is dead. The game is yeah. dead at that moment. So Absolutely. He shouldn't, shouldn't have a yellow card. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Is right. right. It was on there. They said it that that it would that would be rescinded now. So. Well, Kimberly, I'm, I'm, you should use Clement Longley as a character in yeah. your book. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Yes. <laughs> the dodgy posh cad who comes on the scene. Yeah. Good Aristocratic point. villain. Exactly. Every every book needs one. Let's have him. Let's have it. You you heard it here first, listener. The next bestseller from Kimberly will have Sir Clement Longley, the nasty, <laughs> dodgy Aristo. Yeah, I mean, um, the thing about Richarlison is He's, yeah, like you say, he's such an all-rounder, isn't he? I mean, he does it all. I mean, because every time – sometimes you think, oh, he's all about work and winding up the opposition and being a little bit sneaky. And then he does something brilliant as a footballer. And you think, oh, yeah, he's also a brilliant footballer. I can't believe it. I've just had uh, Andy Burnham, the mayor of Manchester, on my podcast, Life Goals with Theo Delaney. He said he kept us up. It was him, basically, who kept us up because he's an Everton fan. He kept us up last season. And he said, and I hope and expect that when he goes back, He'll get a round of applause from all the Everton fans. And that's a rare thing. But he said, that's how much we loved him. And that's how much we appreciated him. Because he's he's a he's a Mr. 110% man, isn't he? And uh, what, a, what a very clever uh, acquisition. What did you make? Um, were you, was anyone surprised that Basuma didn't, didn't get a second start in a row? Jay, did you think that was... Were, were there any surprise? Because there are a few changes, more changes than we've seen this season. What did you make of the changes generally? Um. Well, I thought Basuma, I, I loved Basuma. I mean, I remember watching him for Brighton against us in the FA Cup last season. In the Was it a replay? Anyway, they, they, we played them at our place in the FA Cup. And I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. Best player on the pitch by a mile. Scored a great goal and dominated us. But when I watched him against West Ham, which I know we'll cover later, I thought he looked a bit lost. And um, I think when we saw Bentoncourt back into the team, he, he was him and Hoybier, they just seem to work really well together. Mm. Um, they trust each other. And I think Basuma is just, as Conte said, he's a step behind. I don't think it's talent or skill set or anything like that. I think it's just a step behind on knowing your partner in any job that you work in. And Ali will know this much better than me, um, being a coach, when you're coaching relationships between team members, it's just about that. And I think Bentoncourt and Hoybier just clicked straight away. And I think Basuma and Hoybier, it wasn't great against West Ham because we 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 didn't control that midfield. Whereas against Fulham, we completely controlled it because Bentoncourt came in. So I wasn't surprised. I would like to see Basuma play more, but I think we will start to see that maybe him against Leicester, um, which we've got in a couple of weeks mm. after all these games in a row. So, no, I didn't think any surprises. Maybe I thought Son would be dropped. Mm. Um, so I was a bit surprised Kulisevsky was, but I think it was the right decision again. Look, I'm not going to question Conte. He's one of the best managers I think we will ever have as a club. So he, whatever he does, he, he can do no wrong in my eyes. Even if we'd lost the game, long term, it's his vision that we're going for. So I thought Longley played really well. Richarlison played really well. Benton Core came back, was excellent. So no, 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 no issues with anyone in that team. Really. I mean, I guess we're now, we're now getting into the meat of it, aren't we? Where we've got, we've got difficult 
Premier League game followed by difficult Champions League game followed by difficult Premier League game. And this is where the big squads, the Champions League squads, have to rotate. And I and what what's fascinating is who he chooses to rotate. So I think that's an interesting point. He said I I think most people on form would have expected Son to be rested just because he hasn't been playing very well. But I wonder, Ali, you'll know about the psychology of these things. Actually, better to rest Kulishevsky, who whose confidence isn't low because he has been playing well, than to rest Son, who needs his confidence. And actually, Son had probably his best game of the season, I would say. He was extremely unfortunate not to score, but he was very involved, wasn't he? Do you think that psychology is as big a part as actual physical fitness and other things when when he makes those decisions, Ali? Yeah, I mean, 100% for me as a coach, it is, definitely. And I'd imagine it's the same for Conte. That... That squad rotation is something that, as a coach, I'm really looking forward to seeing how he manages that mm. over the coming mm. weeks because the Champions League, as we know, is tough. It's a tough campaign. And I think, you know, we're one of only two teams that remain undefeated in the Premier League at the moment. Yes. So, you know, we want to keep that that standard high. And the only way that you can survive in these competitions is to rotate. But yeah, as you say, you have to manage it intelligently. And it was an interesting one with Son, but I think he'll know him as a person as, as well as a player. And I think Sonny is at his best when he's happy, isn't he? And mm. it was a shame that that goal didn't go in. A, because it would have been one of the goals of the season because that mm. control from Kane, obviously I'm biased because I'm Harry Kane's biggest fan, but that control from Kane to bring that ball down and then just the the skill to just wait. He just waited a moment to lift it over the defence into Son's path was excellent. So it is a, it is a shame he didn't get his goal, but... I think as soon as Sonny gets that goal, we'll see the old player that we know and love. Yeah. Um, uh, Kimberly, talking about that West Ham game, at the end of that, were you more relieved that we didn't lose or were you disappointed that we hadn't won in West Ham's Cup final? Yeah, I I was glad to keep the unbeaten record, if I'm honest. Um, I mean, obviously, it would have been good to go there and win, but we didn't play particularly well. Um, Yeah, I mean, they could have snatched it right at the end. I Mm. I was happy with the point in the end. I mean, I think, obviously, you want to go to these grounds and win, and you've got to put West Ham in because of the way they always get up for the game against us. That's that's one of our big away games, I'd say. It doesn't matter where they are in the league. It's still one of our big away games that's a tough game to play. And I think if we can look at coming away... With a point, we've got one at Chelsea. Um, you know, if we can look at, I'd be quite happy if we got a point this season at Man City. You know, yeah, if we yeah, can yeah. look at, don't you know, Arsenal, and then to try and turn it round at home, you know, we could have a damn good season. I mean, obviously, you want to go for the win, and if that's possible, you'll go for it. But you know, I don't think we're going to find it quite as you know. I can't see us taking six points off City again this season somehow. And but you don't know. Who knows? We don't. You know, Sonny might find his scoring boots. You know, it was a shame for him the other day, but I thought he had his best game of the season. Yeah, I do too. I great performance. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about that West Ham game, I I felt was at the end. I mean, I watched it on on a laptop in a hotel room in Marseille, and I don't know was it even on on the telly in the main main channel in England. But I saw just with about just a very few minutes left, there was a shot of Conti on the bench saying to the players, "Calm it down, shut it down, shut it down." It was as if he was thinking, 
what what you were saying, Kimberly, which is you're not going to go the whole season and win every single game. There are some, I mean, nobody's ever done that. It just doesn't happen. So you've got to work out what games are worth taking the point, especially if there's five minutes to go and the home team's got the crowd behind them and they're pressing. And I think he made a decision there just to say to them, try and, you know, let's just shut the whole thing down and go away with a point. Because we, in all honesty, we probably didn't deserve to. I, I thought a draw was actually a fair result in that game. Um, but... Again, as you said, Kimberly, they had chances at the end, West Ham, a couple of very good chances. Uh, over the piece, I think it was a fair result. I mean, we probably, sh- we, in fact, we definitely should have had that penalty. It's been a terrible week for VAR, hasn't it? I mean, that penalty, oh. how can you give, I mean, fair enough, not give the penalty or give the penalty, but don't give it and then waste five minutes talking about it and then ungive it. I, I mean, all that stuff about obvious mistake there's no obvious mistake there as usual it's a 50 50 decision the referee's referee's gone one way why spend five minutes getting him to go the other way i mean does it ah really is it's ruining the game i think it is i mean it's It's so this weekend it really did show it up for what it was i mean i was watching the brighton game yesterday you know that goal was a fantastic goal you know i was glad like you know, they scored another screamer at the end. But, like, it's just, I mean, for me personally, it's one of the reasons I don't go to so many games now. You yeah. know, a part of being a fan was, like, all about the celebrate. You can't even celebrate a goal now. Exactly. You're just looking around, waiting for the game to be stopped, hanging yeah. about five minutes. I mean, I'd rather go back to human error because I'm not even getting the decisions right half the time. Yes, I'd rather- yes. So, sorry, Kimberly. Sorry, um, VAR isn't the issue. It, it really isn't. The text there. It's the bloody idiots using. Yeah, but, yeah, but you can never change that because most of these it decisions, has. like look, the one that I've just mentioned, is a fifty-fifty decision. So, what is the point of stopping so in, the game in, um, for five minutes? Yeah. So, when when you look at other sports, so I follow cricket, rugby, NFL, etc. That, that that subjectiveness is taken out of it. It's it's fact or not. So is it? I know, but they they have yeah, but they have binary binary things. I mean, LBW and all that. You, there's no argument because they have the technology to measure an LBW, don't they? I mean, that's yes, fine. Or, and they have a snickometer to measure whether it's a catch. I'm not saying don't. even in they cricket, don't, Theo. Theo, they don't. Well, then they, how how they how, say, how do you determine that penalty? The one that the 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 but, one against West Ham because that hit his hand. It, his hand was in the air. I mean, was it a penalty or not? It's a 50-50. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. So what's the point of it? So with LBW, they actually say if it's too close to call, they go with the umpire's call. Yeah, that, and that's fine. Everyone knows the no, rules. There's no debate. So it's what the umpire originally right. said. And B, if you need to spend four and a half minutes um, de- yeah. debating, a, um, debating whether something um, was or wasn't, then... It's, it, it, it's it's the umpire's call. The you go with the umpire's call. call, yeah, yeah. So, so, so do you? So, what you're saying is they should go back to that original principle, was which is unless there's a clear and obvious mistake, you just don't get involved. Absolutely. It's whether I mean again, can they can they adapt to that? Who knows? Because uh, uh, the other thing is, who's to say what a clear and obvious mistake is? That's the problem, isn't it? I mean, some of these yeah. decisions in the last few days have been. So crass. 
It's like they I think it's partly to do with the pressure they're under. They're like rabbits in the headlights. They're sitting there in Stockley Park and thinking, "Oh, it's all down to me. What am I going to do?" And they, they think, "I don't want to say. I don't want to say. I don't want to say." That's why they spend five minutes. Yeah. And then once they call the referee over, of course, the referee's the same. Yeah, on, I think Ellie. it's just. I think it's caused more problems than it's solved. And I, I agree yeah. with you. I think we should just go back to you know. Sometimes the referee gets it right. Sometimes the referee gets it wrong. But that's part and parcel of the game that we love. So, you know, over the course of the season, it does tend to even itself out. And it's infuriating in that moment. But we've all watched games for Spurs where we've got away with stuff. And we've all watched games for Spurs where we haven't. But, you know, just get on with it, really. I think they should only intervene if it's... I mean, Jay, I think that's what you're saying. And I agree with you. But I just don't know if they're able to do that because who's to say what a clear and obvious mistake is. But that is the principle that they need to stick to. It's fine. Sorry, I saw something on Twitter which I really liked, which is a cricket analogy. So you get a review. You get one review in the first half. You Mm. get one review in the second half and one review in extra time. Not half, just one. And that review has to be clear and obvious within one minute, and that's the timer. It has one minute. If you can't decide within one minute from a video replay that it's clear and obvious, it goes with the on-field decision. It's really simple. It will cut it all out. We're not waiting four and a half minutes in the stadium to find out what's going on. Not being told there's that in cricket you hear what's going on. In rugby you hear what's going on. In football, you don't hear anything. Yeah. So it's all cloak and dagger. And VAR as a as a um as a tech is absolutely fine, but it's the way it's being used by dinosaurs, really. And it's all cloak and dagger. And oh, we don't want to get the crowd upset. Yeah, oh, yeah. It they're makes too, it they're too scared. I mean, I Kimberly, I agree with you that one of the saddest things about it is uh, that you don't really feel completely able to celebrate a goal anymore. Oh, and I, mean, I, I, I make a oh, sorry. Not even the players. Look at Richarlison, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, you yeah. just can't, you know, I just, I watch games now and as soon as a player scores, nine times out of ten they look at the lino or something or, or the, they're yeah. waiting for something to happen because yeah. it's just yeah. happening too often. Yeah. I mean, look at the West Ham-Chelsea game the weekend. Oh, I mean, you know, I mean, that was a glaring, you know, listen, you've got to feel sorry for West Ham with that one. Yeah. I mean, they should have had a point there and, yeah. you know, that could, listen, they'll move up the league anyway, but, yeah, that could stop them getting top six, or that could yeah. stop us getting top four because Chelsea's got. Yeah. you just—it's too—it's too much like fannying about, really, with it. You know, it's yeah. You know, as Jay said, like if they could just have that minute, yes, no, or if it's not glaring, that'd just be the easiest way. To, unless it's a glaring foul or a glaring offside or a glaring. If it's like someone's toe or something. Just bloody leave it, like, you know, yeah, it's yeah. too... I mean, look at, like, the, the Champions League final when it happened to us with Sissoko. I mean, yeah. that's a dreadful decision, but yeah. it's just got, like, you know, it's just getting getting worse, really. And I think they're taking longer and longer to sort out these decisions. There was, I mean, as I said, it just, it really, like, you'd lit it up the weekend. There were so many of these decisions in all mm. the televised games. Mm. And at the Arsenal, it happened too. You know, it's mm. uh, it's mm. something's got to be done about it. It's got to be run in a different way. It's it's not working at the moment, put it that way. Yeah, I think they shouldn't, they've got to find a way where they anything that is borderline or, or, or at all open to debate, they don't get involved unless... 
They're pulling. They're looking for a foul right back in the build-up of an Arsenal goal at Old Trafford. Then I would like them to get involved <laughs> and disallow the goal. <laughs> Apart from that, I think they got Sean Erickson. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, uh, we're going to talk about the Marseille game in a minute. I'll return to the Champions League, but first we'll take a quick break. So here we go. We are back after the break. Now, I should remind you that for premium content, including a daily news show, ex-player interviews and original documentary series on Spurs, go to Patreon dot com forward slash Spurs show and support our show in the process. Our monthly live shows return next month. Sign up and join us for those at season.spursshow.net. They're always a great night once a month. And you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And please leave us a nice review on iTunes. That really is very helpful. Next week's guests are Orla Hannon, Sean Singleton and Tim Ellerton. Now, how excited are we now? Because we're back in the Champions League and on Wednesday night, the Champions League music is going to be ringing around the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, back where we belong. And we're playing Marseille, which is a place I've just come back from, as I said. Um, Marseille are a big, big French club. Of course, Chris Waddle is regarded as a god in Marseille. He cannot walk down the street. Uh, they won the European Cup once, uh, only to, <laughs> but it was what you might call a slightly dodgy triumph. We won't dwell on that. They're doing well, Marseille. They're doing very well in the French. They've started well. They're a big club. Uh, it won't be necessarily easy, but that's what we like. That's what we're in the Champions League for. How much are you looking forward to it, Kimberly? I can't wait. Can't wait for Wednesday. It it seems ages, even longer than it is, to be honest, since we were last in there. There's mm. nothing like, um, you know, a Champions League night under the lights. And I just, I can't wait to hear the music again. I'm not going to the game. I I've got a lot of work on at the moment. I'm battling the deadline. But um, I'm, uh, I should be water glued to the celly at home, you know. Uh, mm. Yeah, I really can't wait for it. I, I can't wait to see what he's, what sort of, what squad, what team he sort of puts out. Um mm. You know, uh, who he starts with, uh, you know, will he start with Richarlison? Will he? I can't see him perhaps dropping Sonny for this one. Um, I think I think Kulu, Sonny and Kane will probably be the starters. Um, but yeah, I just can't really can't wait to get back into it and get back started and hopefully get those first points on the board, mm. that first win. Yeah. Ali, do you, do you uh, anticipate how how tough a game do you think we'll have against Marseille at, at home? I don't I don't think there'll be a walkover by any means. That as you said, they they've had a great start. They're also unbeaten in their league. They're joint top, aren't they, with PSG? Mm. And I, I don't think it will be an easy game, but it is at home, and I think our players will be so up for it and so excited for it. Conte knows how to manage these moments as well. Um, so I, I agree with that front three, Kimberly. I think he'll, he'll go with that. Um, so I don't think it will be easy, but I'm going to have to find a pub to watch it in for, for sure because right. I can't bear that on the radio. No, no, you've got, you've got to watch it. Find a pub, very good idea. Jay, what do you think about this theory that Conte is all about the league and is less... Because he's never done that well in cup competitions, really. Certainly not, not really made a big impression in the Champions League in the past, whereas, of course, he regularly wins titles wherever he's working. Do, does that concern you? Uh, didn't we knock him out in 2019? 
Was was he inter manager when we knocked them out? Uh, I think, I think, I think he, he probably was. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. Well, you know, we were lucky in that, weren't we? But um, I don't know. I think Conte has a system. Um, Marseille, if they beat us, we will never hear the end of it because it's basically Arsenal B team. They've right. got Kalasniak, Gwendouzi, Alexi Sanchez, Nuno Tavares. They've got half their team are ex-Arsenal players mm. and they've got Empire from West Ham. So we'll just get crucified by everyone. Um, so I, I'm expecting a good game. I think Levy is, or the club, not blaming Levy on his own. The club have messed up on the pricing. I think they they've done a big own goal because there's still empty seats. Yeah, um, which is a real shame for a big game like this. I mean, I sit in the cheapest seats in the stadium in the in the family stand with my boy, and I think mine's sixty eight quid for both of us, um, and that's just per, per ticket. No, mine's 48 oh, and it's okay. 24. Oh, so it's 72. Okay. Um, um, it shouldn't be that. It shouldn't be that much money. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I'm not going, and I mean, I, all right, I'm out on the Suffolk coast, but I did travel up for the Fulham game, and about you know going twice while I'm supposed to be on holiday with my wife and kids a bit, but <laughs> but also, but you know, and of course it's on the telly, but. I do think I agree with you. I mean, my seat, I can't even sit in. I sit in the Upper West where I've always sat for, you know, decades. And I had to move because UEFA uh, have a claim to where I sit. So I have to move and get another seat somewhere else. And they're all expensive, as you say. And you just think, well, I don't know. It's a group game. You know, he doesn't make it easy for you to say yes to the opportunity. And I agree. It'll be very interesting to see. Uh, how full it is because it'd be embarrassing if it if it's conspicuously uh, underpopulated, wouldn't it? It's it's not. I think there's about four thousand left, but they okay. might get taken up with Marseille fans because we always have that issue, don't we? So right. um, I think he should have done the hundred quid uh, max for three games, so thirty three quid a ticket each, um, yeah. and then it would have sold out in no time. And the most important thing is at home under the lights, as you say, is to have a rocking atmosphere. And not listen to the away fans always bring their drums, their flares, their whatever, and and it be full of um, people that are just tourists, etc. So it's it's a shame. It's a, it's a shame they did that. But I'm looking forward to it. I just to hear that music again. It should be a great night. Um, but I don't think we should underestimate Marseille. I think they um they've got some good Premier League. Um, player ex-premier league players who all know how to play against spurs so it'll be a yeah, tough game yeah. i mean when the draw was made ali we looked at it and thought it's actually quite an easy not an easy draw you should never say that obviously but from from what we could have got and mostly because we got Eintracht frankfurt from the from the group of the you know the top seeded sides but given actually when you look at it now now we've all calmed down and you and and conti's sort of history of not really prioritising the Champions League. How uh, Do you think we may find it difficult getting out of this group? Yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to be easy. Like, it's certainly not the group of death by any stretch, but it isn't, you know, it's the old cliche, isn't it? It's, it's the Champions League. There's no easy teams, but they've all made it to the Champions League. So, mm. and I think also because we have had that break as well away from the competition, it's a different manager with us now coaching us through it. I think it was such a fairy tale with Poch. Um, it was almost like written in the stars, wasn't it? 
Um, so I think it will be a very different campaign. I don't know, like as a Spurs fan, you, you kind of have to remain optimistic, I guess, because otherwise, why would you? <laughs> There's nothing to hold on yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so so I, I remain optimistic that we'll we'll qualify from the group. But like Jay said, like it's not it's not gonna be a walk in the park. It's it's gonna be a test. Kimberly, if if Conti looks at the four competitions and takes the view as previous evidence seems to suggest we don't know but if he does take the view that the league has to take complete precedence over all the cup competitions and that that's his you know clear priority do you think that's misguided I don't think he can do it I don't see how he can do that like being in charge of us really because you know it's going to be a long shot for us to to win the league any season with, with the way other clubs have spent and you've got, you know, Haaland at City and, you know, everybody's strengthened and there seems to be mm. so much money people have spent. There seems to be a lot of, like, every club seems to have had a windfall this season and there's been a lot, a lot of good signings, even from sort, sort of, you know, your more mid-table clubs. You know, yeah. I think it's going to be tougher to play these teams in the league, like, you know, games you might have fancied a couple of three seasons ago, I think there's been so many good additions to, to you know, I mean, even Forest once, they, their players clicked together, you know, even the, the teams that come up, Fulham look good, you know, Forest look good. It's I don't think there's going to be many easy games in the Premiership, so I think, in a way, he has to take the cup competitions very expectedly very like seriously and especially the champions league i mean you know if you know if, if he, he won that with us it'd be like winning the winning league wouldn't it for us oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so he's got to take them seriously and i think you know obviously the, the, you know the lesser cups the league cup will probably see you know some of the youngsters play which would be good and you know let's see what happens but i think the champions league i think it will play the strongest side even though we've got i don't know though i suppose we've got city saturday evening i but i'd still expect him to play our strongest side right well uh, the time has come for us to make predictions. Uh, always a difficult task, obviously, and we all, could all make fools of ourselves. But I'm going to have to ask uh, for a score prediction for this game, for the Marseille game. We'll be back, by the way, listeners, in case you're wondering. We haven't talked, we're not talking about City because there'll be a special City preview later in the week. Uh, but for the Marseille game, I'm going to start with you, Kimberly. What do you, how do you see it going? 3 1 Spurs. <laughs> I love it. That's it. <laughs> Emphatic, clear, certain. I like that a lot. Jay? Uh, yeah, same. I was going to say that as well. Um, more hope than actual thoughts. But yeah, I'm going to stick with Kimberly and go for 3-1 um, Spurs. Okay, Ali? 2-1 Spurs. <laughs> right. There's a lot. I feel like you're all you're speaking with great conviction. I'm going to say, because I would like to be different, I'm going to say 3-2. I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be dramatic. And I think uh, one, uh, there'll be points in the game where you're thinking, oh, no, we're going to lose this. And then I think we'll come through through the sheer quality of our forwards because we can... The great thing about this Tottenham side, it's interesting what you said, Kimberly, about... I agree. There's, all these clubs have played 
spent all this money and then and given that you look at where we are it's not like we've had a particularly easy games arsenal have until until the weekend they've had easy games but we look at that table we're one of only two unbeaten sides and given the strength of everyone we've been playing given the amount of money it's been spent that is no mean feat and one of the reasons of course is that we have doesn't matter what's going on. We've got players who can score goals and change games. And we saw that in that Chelsea away point that we got, you know. And I think that's how we'll get through on this one. Because I, I, I like what you said, Jay, about them. They'll know how to play. And they've got players who will know what to do. But I just think we'll have that extra bit of class uh, where it counts up the top. And also, of course, our defence now is it's great. After that Forest game where, you know, Conti knows he's such a pragmatist. You win games in both boxes. You've got to be tired of the bat and you've got to be able to score goals. And I think that's what we are. I think that might separate us in games like this and hopefully over the course of the season. So I say 3-2. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to invite you all back later in the week for the Manchester City preview, if you don't mind. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. And uh, but, but for now, Kimberly. Jay, Ali, I'd like to thank you all very much. This is Theo Delaney saying give you space if you want to advertise on or sponsor this show check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk sports social podcast network